morning. Good morning. Uh, Fritchell's worst fear is when he looks at his uh, watch, he only got about 15 minutes to preach. <laughs> but it's nice to see uh, everybody here and then having sweet fellowship, one with another. Nothing can replace that. When we are having our fellowship, that's important. That builds up our bond together as Christians. I still remember the analogy that when you take a pile of burning coal, if you take one away and put it on, on the side, soon the one single piece of coal will grow dim and then dies out. But while the power of gold on the other side, cold on the other side, is still burning bright for our Lord. I'm glad I uh, trimmed about 30% of my original sermon uh, because uh, I'm kind of anticipating uh, uh, today's uh, what might, might happen, you know. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. While embarking on our spiritual journey, there are things that we should do consistently to set us apart as Christians. As David Mills used to say, are there enough evidence to convict us as followers of Christ? Today's sermon is entitled, Growing Christianity. It covers the marks of a growing Christian. We are going to look at five areas of our lives that starts with the letter S. The first S stands for seek. The second S stands for study. The third S stands for serve. The fourth S stands for soul, S-O-W. And the fifth S, uh, S stands for suffer, seek. God is always looking for people who seek after him. Psalm 14, verse 2. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of man to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. One big obstacle to growth is the spirit of independence. I don't need God. I can accomplish things on my own. I'm going to make it happen. Psalm 10.4 The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. One important key to growth is the spirit of dependence. Trust God in everything. God is sovereign over all things. God always fulfills his promises. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm 9, 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. What should be the goal of our seeking? How do we know we are seeking in the right direction? Psalm 105, verse 4. Seek the Lord 
and his strength seek his face forever. How are we to seek God? Psalm 119 verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Let's learn from King David what we should be seeking after. Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 34 verse 14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Our brother David Mills preached before on peace that must come from within. We are admonished from the verse that we just read not to seek only peace, but also pursue it. Let's listen to what our Lord Jesus said that we should be seeking after. Luke chapter 12, 29 to 31. And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nation of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things, but rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's pay attention to the Apostle Paul's exhortation of what we should be seeking after. Colossians 3 verse 1 If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. When is the best time to seek God? Psalm 63 verse 1 O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. But what does it mean to seek God early? Early could mean the first thing in the morning when we get up. Early also carries the idea of first priority, first choice, and first commitment. We should give God the best of us at the best possible time of the day. What are the results of our seeking? Psalm 40 verse 16. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Luke 11 9. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And also Hebrew 11.6, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's claim the promise of God that he is a rewarder of everyone 
who diligently seeks him. Study. What are some of the reasons that we should study? John 14, 6, Jesus says unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And also John 8, 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We do not study the scripture to determine if there are any loopholes that we can use to justify our inappropriate action and behavior. We study the truth so that we can be free from the bondage of sin. We are not made free to sin. We are made free not to sin. Proverbs 9.10 The fear of the law is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Knowledge of the holy comes not from meditating alone on God. It comes from studying the word plus the laborious meditation on God and the things of the Lord. Second Corinthians, I mean first Corinthians chapter two, verse eleven and twelve. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. Knowledge of the holy comes not from self-effort, but the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. John 1.1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It is interesting that God chose to communicate with us using words. To be more specifically, he used the Holy Scripture. He did not use picture, and he did not use videos. Psalm 119-105 Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Of course, the familiar verses, 2 Timothy 3.15 and 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. If the Bible stands for basic instruction, before leaving earth, how can we afford not to study the Bible to help us to find the way in this troublesome world? Are we equipping ourselves with the Word of God so that we can serve God, the God of the Word? There are only three occurrences of the word study in the King James Bible. The following is the one of them. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a woman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We study God's word not to seek glory for ourselves, not to seek approval for man. We study God's word to show ourselves approved unto God, nothing more and nothing less. Acts 17, 11. These were more noble than those in 
Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scripture daily, whether those things were so. Studying the scripture includes searching. Searching the scripture is no easy task. It is time and labor intensive. May reading the Bible is not enough. We have to memorize some of the passages. We have to compare scripture with scripture to help us understand what it says. We have to learn to apply the scripture to our lives because it is the living word. Matthew eleven twenty nine, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. In the last section, we are to seek God. In this section, we are to learn of the second person of Trinity, the Son of God. There is a difference between knowing about Christ and knowing Christ. Do other people see Christ in your life? Is Christ your Lord and Savior? Is Christ sovereign over every part of your life? And is Christ preeminent in your life? How can we learn of Christ if we don't study the scripture? Hebrews 4.12 for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the hearts. Many times we pray and ask for these sermons, but we have none. One reason may be we don't study God's word seriously. Don't, under, don't underestimate God's power in his words. His word is a discerner of the thought and the intent of the heart. Serve. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever man may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And such the time I need him is always near. Good hymns do not only sound beautiful, but they are also grounded soundly on scripture. It is easy to sing a hymn, but it is hard to live a hymn. Are we living our lives serving our risen Savior? As we journey through life, we have to make many important and crucial choices. Do you choose to serve the Lord? Or do you choose to serve anything other than the Lord? Our choice has eternal consequence. We choose to serve God and reap the heavenly blessings. We choose to serve the world and all that was in it to reap the terrestrial, temporal, and temporary pleasures. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods which your fa father served, that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorite, in whose land ye dwell. 
But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. King David described how we are to serve God in some of the Psalms. Psalms 2.11 Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. And Psalm 100 verse 2 Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. God is a jealous God. He demands our attention, obedience and service. Matthew 4.10 And saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. There is no sitting on the fence as far as salvation. There is no sitting on the fence as far as service. Luke 16.13 No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Serving God and pleasing man are mutually exclusive. They are incompatible in God's book. Galatians 1.10 For do I now persuade man or God? Or do I seek to please man? Or if I yet please man, I should not be the servant of Christ. God does not delight in religious external, externality. It is true in worship. It is also true in service. Ephesians 6, verse 6 and 10. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to man. Our first priority is to serve God. Our second priority is to serve one another. We're not to serve each other grudgingly or unwillingly. Galatians 5.13 For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love serve one another. Ultimately, we are serving Christ. When we see our service in this light, how can we not put forth our best effort? How can we not give our best time? And how can we not give him all the glory? Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto man, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For he served the Lord Christ. So, reaping is directly proportional to sowing. Second Corinthians 9.6 But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Be careful how we spend our time. Be careful what we do. Be careful how we think. Be careful what we say. We will reap what we sow. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Be not, do, uh, be not deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that he shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. In Psalm 126 verse 5, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And also Proverbs 11, 18, The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. How about Hosea 10, 12? Sow to yourself in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, till he come and rain righteousness upon you. As the Apostle Paul was lecturing the Corinthians about their envying, strife, and divisions, he reminded us God is in charge of bringing forth the results. We are only gardener working in God's appointed field who sow, plant, and water. We dare not boast of anything except relying on God to give the increase as he wills. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. I have planted a pot of water, but God gave the increase. So then neither he is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Finally, suffer. Suffer is unpopular among today's Christians. The saying, no pain, no gain, is swept aside by modern believers. They all cry out to God to bless them and make them prosperous. Suffer seems to be a dirty word that seldom gets mentioned. Yet suffer is, indisput is an indisputable reality. This is an unmistakable sign of a growing Christian walking closely with the Lord. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Christianity is a package deal. We cannot pick and choose. Christ is both our Lord and our Savior. If we want to live by the power of his resurrection, we also get the fellowship of his suffering. As I was preparing for this particular section, I came across a unique trio of Bible verses in 2 Timothy that touches on suffering. There are 2 Timothy 1.12, 2.12, and 3.12. 2 Timothy 1.12 For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Apostle Paul knew Christ his Savior. He was not ashamed of the suffering he went through for Christ. He was able to see God's leading and guiding 
in his life to achieve God's purpose. 2 Timothy 2.12 If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. The Apostle Paul looked beyond the present suffering to see the blessing to come. 2 Timothy 3.12 Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. The Apostle Paul is so set in living a godly life in Christ that he did not care about suffering persecution. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. If we suffer because we did something wrong, we deserve it. If we suffer as a result of doing the will of God, serving the Lord and display His love to the world, we learn to be patient and thankful, for this is acceptable with God. 1 Peter 2, 19 and 20, For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrong, wrongfully, for what glory is it? If when ye be buffeted for your fault, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. And also First Peter chapter 3, 17 and 18, For it is better if the will of God be so, that ye suffer for well-doing and for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And also 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16 to 19. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Verse 18. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God, commits the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing, as unto a faithful creator. We have to learn to put suffering in the proper perspective, as the following verses show us. 1 Peter 5.10 But the God of all grace, who have called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Finally, Romans 8, 18. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory 
which shall be revealed in us. As the sermon is coming to the end, I charge you with the marks of a growing Christian. Growth is not a banner proclaiming an ideal that cannot be reached. Growth is alive. Growth is living. Living involves taking action. Action in the right direction is beneficial to your spiritual health. Action with the incorrect aim is detrimental to your spiritual welfare. Please remember the five S. Seek, study, serve, sow, and suffer. They're not hard to do if you're heeding the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, dwell on the five S to bring sharply into focus, to bring Christ sharply into your focus. Breathe and leave the five S to fix your eyes firmly on Him. Delight in the five S to strengthen your witness for Him and practice the five S to deepen your worship of the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Christ is all in all. To him be the glory. And before I step down, I would like to leave you with the, uh, this with you. For it is not mere words that nourish the soul, but God himself. And unless and until the hearers find God in personal experience, they are not better for having heard the truth. The Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring man to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God. They may enter into him that they may delight in his presence, may taste and know the inner witness of the very God himself in the core and center of their heart. Steve, can you close in prayer? And then we'll sing uh, 431, Bidama uh, Vision in the Red Hymnal. Father, again, it has been a privilege and a delight to be here together with the saints of God and to hear thy word expounded. Father, we are so thankful here in faith to have the man preach the word unashamedly, to believe every word of it, to know that God has divinely preserved thy, the word of God in the Bible that we hold in our hands this morning. But Father, if we're honest, we will confess that we have been negligent in seeking thee daily, in studying thy word daily, in suffering for thee, in sowing the seed of salvation. Forgive us. Give us a, a heart for God once again that we had when we first believed. Help us to put Christ first and all the other things second. For we ask it all in our Savior's name and for his glory. Amen. Therefore, 31 in the Red Hymnal, be thou my vision.